Welcome back to the News and Views, our radio network. He was governor of the state of North Dakota, ending a long run of Democratic governors. He was, uh, I shouldn't say that, Al Olson, I guess, was before Bud Center, but uh, a lot of years there where uh, Democrats were governors of the state of North Dakota, and then he went on to en uh, end up being Secretary of Agriculture uh, under the Bush administration. That's Ed Schaefer, and he's in the studio now. Uh, I, I was taught, and you're going to do the just call me Ed, but the reality <laughs> is uh, when you're in state, you, the, the higher ranking is the governor. So, Governor, good to have you on. Thank you, Joel. It's good to be here. Hello, Abby. Hi, Governor, Thanks Mr. For... Secretary. <laughs> Thank you for letting me in. <laughs> Best mustache around. <laughs> that goes with John Hoven? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, just, <laughs> just, just. I have mine longer. <laughs> uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, what happened over the weekend. Obviously, uh, Doug Burgum coming out and announcing, and, and play this sound for the governor again. Would you ever do business with Donald Trump? Uh, I don't think so. Why? I would. I just think that it's important that you're uh, judged by the company you keep. And I you just wouldn't do business with him. No, I wouldn't there. I mean, he said that to Chuck Todd on meet the press and uh, then he comes out and endorses and that left me shaking my head a little bit, governor. Well, first of all, let me say that um, to all your listeners, I did lock my car out here in the parking lot. <laughs> hey, for you folks that are just joining us, he got his car stolen once. Out of yeah, your parking lot. It got returned. Yeah. We brought it back. Yeah. Well, when I left the house, Nancy said, be sure to lock your car. You're going to be with Joel. And, uh, and um Peggy made sure my car was locked when I came in. Your wonderful yeah. receptionist out there. Yeah, so exactly. I've been well taken care of this morning. And it is locked. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> but anyway, so back to uh, Governor Burgum. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting endorsement. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of elements there, of course. And one is um, the the consolidation of the Republican Party. I mean, you know, most of the senators and whatever's, all the presidential candidates have said, if Trump ends up being our endorsed candidate, I'm going to support him. Because that's what being a Republican is all about, Right. But so, the key thing you just said there, if he becomes our endorsed candidate. Right. I mean, he got ahead of Nikki Haley jumping out of this race, and who knows where that goes yet, and got ahead of DeSantis, where it's pretty clear where that probably is going to go. Yeah, and I, you know, there was, there was, I mean, what was interesting to me from the Trump standpoint of, you know, Doug Burgum had no no real standing in Iowa. I mean, we had a couple, yeah, there was 1% no horse in, in the, race. Yeah. you know, so what good did, I mean, I, I, you know, I like Doug Burgum and I support Doug Burgum, but what good did that endorsement do Trump? Right. It wasn't, they're, they're really, I mean, what did they have to gain mm -hmm. from the whole thing? Um, but I think, you know, one of the interesting things I read this morning was Dustin Gabrillo, you know, from the Dakota Watchdog Network, yep. was positing that one of the issues that Doug Burgum did was because of the summit pipeline that, you know, Bruce Radstetter, who's the head of that whole thing, endorsed Trump the day before. And then Doug went down there and endorsed him right afterward. And maybe that's just, and Trump is the one that put the tax credits in for carbon sequestration, et cetera. So maybe that's all about the summit pipeline, which our governor has uh, dug into a pretty hard too. Well, so what we're going to find out about the governor when it comes to flipping and flopping, the, the pipeline's going to be a big tell. Because sitting in your very chair there, 
where I asked the governor, uh, you know, whether he was going to run for president. And I got that same long pregnant pause. <laughs> um, when I asked him that, I also asked him about the pipeline, whether or not he would ever allow eminent domain to be used in his state. I can tell you that Bruce believes his answer to that question is yes. I said, do you want the sound? <laughs> you know, because the, the governor is on record. Now, will he flop on that? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it, it's. I was surprised, as you were, that, that Doug went, flew down there mm-hmm. to endorse President Trump. Yeah. Um, especially after the, the comment with Chuck Todd saying I wouldn't even work with the guy. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I can understand that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it does raise eyebrows as to what he's accomplishing. And if, if it's to say, you know, I'm going to support the, the next president of the United States, you know, sometimes you just have to eat your words and do that. On the other hand, you kind of wonder where, where you, why he said it in the first place it sounded like he was thinking about it. And Doug's a deep thinker. And obviously he thought, I don't, I don't want to work with the guy. Do, do you think that Doug Burgum now has showed his cards as someone who wants to be in the Burgum administration if he does win in the Trump administration or in the Trump. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, I'm proof positive. You don't have to run for president to, to be a cabinet official. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, you but don't you need have, your proof positive. You <clears throat> have to have a relationship with the man. I mean, you and George W. Bush are friends. Exactly. You, you develop that friendship in the governor's association. Right. Exactly. Know? And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I have been unable, Joel, to figure out why Dirk, Doug Burgum ran for president. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, from from North Dakota standpoint, it's virtually impossible. Um, just with a number of electoral votes, you don't have anything to work with. You've got, you know, to raise the money in the state. Um, Doug's got a lot of money, but it, it's not unlimited, uh, and you need unlimited money to, you know, to. Mm-hmm. To run for president, and I'm going like, what, what was it? What, what was that key factor when he was out there all alone in the quiet of the night, someplace, saying, "Yes, I'm going to run for president." I, I, I don't, I don't know See, what it is. It, and I've, I know Doug, and I've talked to Doug. When, when Doug first ran for governor, I haven't hid the fact that I encouraged him to run as an independent. You know, because I thought that was mm. this what the state needed, and I knew he had a severe, you know, a real opportunity to win. And in the end, he saw the Republican Party as his path. I'm not sure that he ever even considered what what I encouraged. But but my point to that is in in talking to people that are in his life and were in his life, they believe that he has that ego, that he he thinks a lot of Doug Burgum, and talking to people from the the Great Plains and the Microsoft era that worked with him, there was a lot of talk about this team building and you get together and they said it really didn't matter what we said in those meetings because he would leave and then he'd do whatever he wanted anyway, even though we told him don't uh, in terms of staffing, in terms of some of those things. And so obviously that changed when Bill Gates got the keys. But, you know, I guess my point is this. It wasn't surprising to me he ran it was surprising to me, knowing that people like Abby and I were going to play that sound, that the hypocrisy of it all would show. And, you know, for Donald Trump, he's one of the most vindictive, vicious guys. 
in the world. Agreed. Agreed. And and if he's got a clip out there, you know, of a candidate saying, I wouldn't even do business with the guy. I'm, I'm not sure Doug Burgum can achieve his goal of standing next to him in another day. Yeah. And I, 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 I just haven't been convinced that's a goal of Doug's. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, if, 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 in, if in fact he is endorsing Trump because he thinks Trump is going to be the next Republican candidate for governor and likely the next president, then he's saying I'm a Republican. You know, then he's, mm-hmm. then he's saying I'm a Republican. I'm not necessarily out there um, wanting to get a job in the administration. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just, yeah. um, I'm kind of flummoxed by the whole thing. Well, I, you know, it's worthy of further conversation. The biggest thing is the race itself, the Iowa caucuses, what's going to happen, whether or not Nikki Haley actually has an opportunity. After Ron DeSantis, if there were the results, if the polling is right, come in tonight with all the money that DeSantis put in, if he comes in a third and a distant third, fair to say he's out of the race? DeSantis? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're really down to Haley and Trump going into New Hampshire after tonight. So stick around, uh, you know, and what's the other na- guy's name? R- Ramsey, whatever. Oh, Vivek Ramaswamy. There you go. Just check it. <laughs> <laughs> she knows I know the and Don't name. pronounce it wrong. <laughs> but but, but he's, he's been out of the race for quite some time. Governor Ed Schaefer, ladies and gentlemen, is our guest uh, slash guest. Uh, we'll use different terms in a little bit. But uh, we're talking about, you know, what's going on with the Iowa caucuses. I think at times people don't realize the caucus versus a, a primary. Describe that to people if you could. Well, the, you know, the interesting thing, a primary is a state-run election. And the Secretary of State sets the election and they put the ballot out and they, they people go and vote. Mm-hmm. Um, a caucus is run by the individual parties. So there's a Republican caucus in, a Dem- in, in Iowa, Democratic caucus. And so <clears throat> people, they're run by the party. The polling places are set. And you go and you have to go there, prove you're a Republican or a Democrat, sit in there and then everybody gives their pitch and then you say, okay, how many people are going to stand over in the corner for this candidate and how many people are going to raise their hand for that candidate? Grassroots. And that's the, that's the answer. Yep. Yeah. Grassroots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when you see Iowa and people are saying Iowa isn't indicative anymore of, of America and what it is, do you think it is? Yeah, I do. I think I think the the only people saying that are the Biden administration because he's doing poorly there. And they said, we don't want Iowa and we're not going to Iowa and we don't want Iowa to be the first caucus because we're not going to perform there well. So I think the only people saying that is the administration. I think Iowa, I mean, well, if you say Iowa is not part of the grassroots of America, then you're saying North Dakota is not part of the mm-hmm. grassroots of America. I mean, people are there. They're, it's an agriculture community. You've got, you know, local banks and local businesses and lumber yards and flower shops and people every day going out there trying to go to work and make a living and raise their families. What's wrong with that? I, I think the Democrats that would disagree with what you just said need to go back not that far in history and realize that Barack Obama won Iowa. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, it, it, Iowa is a state that that I think is indicative in many ways. It maybe doesn't have the amount of... of um, there, it isn't as much difference when it comes to race. That'll be coming. But I think, you know, Ted Cruz won Iowa and Donald Trump still got the nomination. You know, uh, the, so it, it doesn't dictate who that candidate's going to be. It doesn't. But, you know, it's 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 um, interesting. I was, I was listening to some statistics this morning um, and 
you know, it was interesting in, in past races where candidates who had, had, I think that one of the examples was Gary Hart, who, you know, ran, was running for president in 86 or whatever it was. And he had 3% in Iowa. And he came in at 17 in the caucus. Three percent in the polling mm-hmm. came in at seventeen, and it was like, oh my gosh, he's this dark horse, and he right. had this big momentum and stuff like that, and it vaulted him into New a Hampshire. Serious and candidate, yeah, yep. and then and then it, and then it was really competitive. Most importantly, between, money follows that. Well, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, exactly. Uh, let's get Jake on with us. Uh, Jake, you're on News and Views. Yes. Um, good morning. Hey, Jake. Yeah, I just wanted. Yes. Hi. Uh, hi, you guys. I just wanted to set. Um, add a few facts here, Joel. Um, it uh, is not a law. It's not against the law to march on Washington. And Ray Epps, you didn't mention his name. He was a major instigator and uh, he was a federal, he is a federal informant. And uh, I saw the footage of BLM changing into uh, Trump gear. And also, the uh, whistleblower just revealed there was 200 FBI agents instigating the uh, so-called insurrection. But uh, I saw the footage. I saw the shaman praying for the police. And uh, I think uh, it's outrageous that there's over 1,000 people locked up over 1,000 days without a trial. So were yeah. were those individuals that that admitted to and pled guilty to a felony guilty? They were coerced under duress. So they they weren't guilty of a riot. They weren't guilty of Please, breaking the cap, no. into the Capitol illegally. Absolutely not. BLM are the ones that broke the window. So the, BLM the, are the ones that left the pipe the bomb, the, the which indi- they will the not report on. Jake, the individual that bludgeoned that police officer. With the the American flag, was he guilty? He was BLM. No, he wasn't, Jake. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Yes, it, he was. It, he, you he, you he, can he, say anything you want. You can say he's a Martian. You, you can you can say he was a Canadian. You can say anything you want. It was you. These aren't true. Well, you guys, you got you Democrats say anything you want. You said there was five murdered that day. That's a lie. What, what That's I'm, a lie. They committed suicide later. They committed exactly. suicide. Exactly. You had law and, enforcement and Ashley officers. Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt was shot without a warning. I, I That's thought not that guy's true a either, coward. Jake. That she, guy's a coward. That ah, she wasn't. Ashley Babbitt was told to back off, knock it off, quit charging, quit placing those law enforcement uh, individuals' lives in danger. The individual that bludgeoned the police officer with American flag was not FBI. He was not BLM. He was not Antifa. He was a Donald Trump supporter encouraged to go there by Donald Trump. Period. Plain and simple. The only argument you could make is whether or not Donald Trump actually told them to ha- create physical damage upon those police officers. But to say that that wasn't a Donald Trump supporter is a lie. I want to use that word. It isn't misinforming. It's a lie. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we'll take more calls. 1-800-880-5346. Governor Ed Schaefer want to talk a little bit uh, when we come back about where we go from here. Uh, aside from everything else, when this presidential race gets over, if it's Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden, how we bring this nation back to where we're post-election. 
versus constantly in a state uh, because, in my opinion, of Donald Trump about who actually won an election. So stick around. More coming your way. Governor Ed Schaefer is my guest. I'm Joel Heikamp, your host. Abby Miller is your producer. We're talking about the Iowa caucuses. We're talking about uh, what I call and I still believe and has proven to be, if I need to read you the uh, uh, you know, the definition of an insurrection, an insurrection upon our capital. But the, the individuals, Governor, that have been calling in and saying what they're saying today, that this this was Antifa, this was Black Lives Matter, this was orchestrated, that the individual that bludge, uh, bludgeoned that police officer was, in fact, staged. I want you to respond to that. Well, <clears throat> I, I listened to Jake and, and to uh, Brady, you know, earlier today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's my thought. Today is Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King received the Nobel Peace Prize in 19, what, 65, because of his peaceful uh, effort to bring um, racial equality into the United States of America, his peaceful effort. And, you know, Nancy, Nancy and I had the opportunity. We, we were in Selma, Alabama. We went and stood on that bridge where the big fight took place. We drove the we drove the the road from Selma to Montgomery, where Martin Luther King the Third Tri marched in a rainy, muddy day when the officers were the peace officers were spitting on them and pushing them and stealing and and everything. And they're marching through the rain and the difficulty in the mud, and they're singing, "Shine a little light on me, shine a little light on mine," whatever that hymn is. And and you know, I'm thinking the peacefulness of the protest from their side was really important. And I can tell you on, on January 6th, I was in the lower level of our house, had the TV on when it happened. So I was watching it real time on television. And I walked up the stairs with tears in my eyes and Nancy said, what's going on? And I said, our capital is being attacked. And right or wrong, BLM, FBI, I don't care who it is. The point is, it was violent. It was wrong. It was destructive. And, and we just can't, you can't support it. I mean, you just can't say that was a good thing. I don't care who it was. It's not a good thing. And we got we to stop defending that and move on because it isn't right. Well, it begs this question. Uh, do you believe Donald Trump encouraged it? I don't think Donald Trump went over there and said, go attack the Capitol. Matter of fact, he said peacefully, you know, peacefully march to the Capitol. I think along with other different phrases. But well, yes. yeah. Right. Um, I think, um, I think Donald Trump fomented the issue, um, you know, all the time from after the election was we lost and they cheated and they lied and they stole and they I mean, I'm really the president and, Biden isn't, and it's really awful, and you've got to do something about it, and you, you know, we've got to stand together, and we've got to be strong, and we've got to do all this stuff. You know, I, he didn't go out specifically say, do that. I mean, he, I think he went out and specifically said, do a lot of things, and it and it kind of came together as marching on the Capitol, but, you know, it was wrong. I mean, it was, it was totally wrong. I think he fomented it. I don't think he directed it. Uh, if, in fact, they had stopped the Electoral College from doing its job, if they had used uh, the state legislatures 
uh, to to stop that that event at the Capitol uh, to where there there was a recognition of what happened in that election. Where do you think our democracy would be? Well, first of all, I, I, who knows? I don't know. Total speculation. I don't. I can't. I, I, I can't imagine. I'm just yeah, asking yeah. you what you think would, where we would be as a society if, in fact, they had stopped the certification yeah. of a free election. I think, um, I think the United States of America, the political system, and the, the people of the United States of America are resilient. I think we've faced, you know, huge problems up and down. Um, I'm an optimist. You know, and I think, first of all, I don't think it had ever gotten to the states. I think it had been corrected before it got to the states. And I think, um, I think we'd, we'd have survived. Um, I, I don't think it would have turned into this. I don't think our country can turn into a dictatorship because someone says, let's not certify election. I just don't believe that can happen. Even if he uses force, even if he surrounds himself with individuals that would justify that. Yeah. Well, what's the force? I mean, a handful of people. Um, you can you? Well, can, if you look you at think who pre- stopped it, Governor, uh, you, you've got the the Secretary of Defense. You've got the 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 man that's in charge of of the military himself that stopped it. Right. I mean, they stopped it. That's if they were out. The individuals that attacked that Capitol. What do you think you would have happened, or what would have happened to Mike Pence had they got their hands on? I know. I know. And that's that was their that mission. Would have stopped. Right. It. Yeah. Right. So and that that but, wasn't Antifa or Black Lives Matter. What what possible incentive, if in fact they were trying to do this or create chaos? What what possible incentive would they have for hanging the the vice president of the United States? You have you have well, I mean, they didn't want to certify the election, right? That was yeah. But that why was would Antifa or Black Lives Matter want to? Why wouldn't they want to certify the election? You know, here's here's the deal. Um, riots take place and people join in. Mm-hmm. I don't have any doubt that BLM jumped in, right? I don't have any doubt that Antifa jumped in. I don't think that was their mission. I don't think it was. But when craziness is happening, you jump in. And I can give you a personal example. When I was when I was in graduate school at the University of Denver, um, was during big Kent State. It was the anniversary of Kent State riots or whatever, and where some students got killed by the National Guard and there were demonstrations on campus. Well, you know, I, so, so there's a big demonstration in front of the president's house on campus. I was going to class. I heard the ruckus. I walked over there and said, hey, I, gee, I wonder what's going on. You know, and I'm just kind of interested. And all of a sudden, the National Guard surrounded the group. They left a little place open to run out the you know, so you could get out of there and they turned on the sprinklers. So every, so now the crowd went wild and everything, everybody's running all over the place, throwing stuff, charging the national guard guys in this and that who weren't even, who didn't even know what the people were there riding for, but they, you get pulled into these things. And I think it's, I, th- I think, I don't, it's, I don't, it's, it's Black Lives Matter, it's Antifa, it's Trumpistas, it's crazies, it's conspiracy theorists. It's all of them. It's wrong. We can't, you just, we sit here and argue about who it is or who it isn't. 
It isn't the point. The point is it happened, it shouldn't have happened, and it, it can't happen. It's the point if you look at who led the charge. It, it's the point if if you know the motivation when those individuals got on the bus. And here's the biggest thing. If you're willing to lie, I mean, if you're willing to lie, because I, I think that you could make an argument of what Al Gore did or could have done. If you're willing to lie, then everything changes. And you're willing to look in that camera and not fear when when you face St. Peter looking to go through that gate to answer the big question. If you don't care, then, I mean, it. it I have to ask you this. Do you believe that Donald Trump should ever be president of the United States again? I don't. Do you believe that Nikki Haley would make a good president of the United States? I do. There. What happened yesterday? I mean, what happened yesterday? It, because that is what's happening to us as a nation with your side of the aisle. We can talk about age. I mean, I've said before into this microphone, I believe Joe Biden's too old to be president. I've said before into this microphone that the man that's running against him is going to be into his 80s if he wins. Um, I don't know why it's wrong to look at uh, the fact that you have to be 35 to serve as president and not look at a realistic age when you shouldn't serve to be president. I, I, I have not been popular with the Democrats for saying that. Well, I've not been popular with the Democrats before. <laughs> oh, you know, 1-800-GET-USED-TO-IT. Uh, but... But my point being that as a nation, those are our two options. I mean, those are our two options. So if I ask you who you're going to vote for and you believe in the conservative government, no matter if he's a convicted felon, an individual that a judge has ruled in a civil child trial and called a rapist, an, an individual that, that example after example where he doesn't follow the rule of law, and Republicans like you aren't willing to say he's not worthy to be president. This is a man where, you know, well, I asked you if, if he ever should be president, right? And you're, you're, you're probably thinking I, I'm putting words in your mouth. But, but my point is this. Doug Burgum said one thing about him one day, and now he's, he's on the, the Trump bandwagon. That's what's going on on your side of the aisle. Yeah, and that's and, and I agree. And you, you know, in in your comment, your comments here, you had several things. You know, yeah, go ahead. talk about age, go ahead. age, of course. You know, I don't. It, Joe Biden isn't too old to be president. Joe Biden is too incompetent to be president. There are many, many competent people who are older than Joe Biden. There are many, many people who are younger than Joe Biden who are incompetent. It's not his age. It's his mental acuity, it's his ability, it's his physicalness, his physicality to be able to operate and do the job. It's it's not his age. I mean, everybody has different abilities when it comes to age-wise, mentally and physically. But his problem is he's not there, right? So, But give me an example of that. Because if you look at w what Joe Biden's done in a bipartisan way, I, I've mentioned many times Kent Conrad uh, or not Kent Conrad, Kevin Kramer, uh, John Hoven all voted for the infrastructure bill. They all voted to invest in America so that we didn't fall into this deep recession slash potential. You know, I mean, 
you could argue and argue, and it's true, that Joe Biden has passed more bipartisan legislation than the two presidents before. Okay, so did Joe Biden do that? Or did, first of all, the people did that. And you talk about the infrastructure mm-hmm. bill. The people wanted an infrastructure bill. Then why wasn't and it then, done four years before yeah, that? Well, be, why? Because, well, I mean, we don't we don't have time to argue about pushing Trump off. I'm not defending Trump here. The system pushed Trump off the rails with the whole Russian hoax thing, which was a total lie and but difficulty. But he had four years and of it, the majority. Yeah, I know. But he didn't do it, right? He didn't have four years. He had two years. Two years. Two yeah. Years, so, two years. so the 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 point is, um, it wasn't a priority for Trump. All right. It was a priority for Biden. Was Biden's priority infrastructure bill, or was Biden's priority buying popularity to to stay? I'm say I'm a really good president. You know, the reality is the infrastructure bill was wildly popular, mm-hmm. totally popular. Right. And what legislator, you know, in a wildly popular bill was going to say, gee, I shouldn't vote for that. But I mean, it was they're going to vote for them to vote for. Uh, yeah, it was exactly. in front of them yeah. to vote for. Yeah. I I was promised the wall. Right. Yeah. You had two years to get it approved, two years to do all these things. I was and, promised that Mexico was going to pay for it. I was promised that prescription drugs, that people with diabetes. I mean, Biden delivered all of that. Biden, Biden, um, yes. And in, in you know, we, we can argue, what I'm hesitating for here is Republican versus Democratic philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know, Biden delivered prescription drugs based on government control of pricing over private companies' products, which I think is wrong for my Republican philosophy. So I don't, you know, I'll argue with that one all day long. He did it. Does that make it right? No. That doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't make it right. And so um, on the infrastructure bill, I think I think uh, you're right. It wasn't a priority of Donald Trump's, but Donald Trump was passing other kind of spending bills on the COVID stuff and you know the relief products and the, the packages that the relief packages that were going out, the the huge attempt and effort to develop a vaccine. You know there was a lot of stuff going on well, the that PPP was distracting happened them. under Joe Biden. Yeah, right. Sure, that's a relief but, package. Huh? Exactly. That's re- exactly. Okay, but you can't say that Trump didn't do anything. You know, Biden, Biden, you know, Trump had bipartisan legislation passed as well. Well, but the example you just gave me, Joe Biden is the one that got done on PPP. But right. that's not the only that's okay. not the only product. Okay. We haven't got into the deficit yet. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> I'm get, glad to do that. one. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> OK, I said we're going to make an announcement. Uh, here it is. Uh, the governor and I have been talking uh, at length about potentially doing this very thing, having good civil conversation. If you saw our text club here uh, at our Adventure RV Text Club, Governor, what you're going to see is people thriving for that, wanting that, wanting a conversation between two different philosophies just like this. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I'm going to have to do it just for your heart health. <laughs> <laughs> so Brady doesn't get me going. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. If we could, if we could sit down on a, on a regular basis and bring – your perspective into it, I think that's good for the news and views audience. Well, it's it's you know we we all are yearning for just good conversation, not yelling and screaming and trying to cut your legs out from underneath you, et cetera. I mean, all of us are, you know, I I think the population out there, 
wants to have good discourse, mm-hmm. good discussion. Yeah. And that's what leads to good public policy. Done I mean, by people who treat each other with respect. And I, I will keep talking about that, right. you know, and I'll talk <laughs> you into doing it more often. Uh, folks, that's what it's supposed to look like. For all of you, t- uh, those text messages that recognize that, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, that's what I've always wanted news and views to be. That doesn't mean we're not going to take your call if you want to tell me to shove my head where the sun doesn't shine. We'll take your call. I mean, we will take your call and we'll be happy to do that. It was interesting Monday. It was a really interesting Monday. If you were in Iowa, which we do have a lot of listeners in Iowa, go caucus. Yeah, <laughs> Show them it isn't cold. Don't take your electric car because you'll never get home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good, good ride with you folks.